0: Hello and welcome to Plot This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing The Truth About Love and Dukes by Laura Lee... Gurk? Gurg- Gurk? Gurk? That's my guess. Gurk. By Laura Lee... Gurk. Gurk. This is the first in the Dear Lady True Love series. I think this is the only book I've read by her, which is a shame, because I really liked it. Yeah, and I was... think I forgot I really liked it.
1: Yeah, she, she... I actually... She's... She is an author that I remember liking but i don't pick up as often as i think i should but i do really like her stuff so this one was published in 2017
0: so pretty new series i think the series is still being published yeah it's
1: still being published. the the third one in the series was just published this year 2019
0: okay so i'll have to read the next two
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i already did and uh we're waiting for you lane ah
0: it's we're waiting on me for a lot of things you guys
1: that's okay my
0: life's been kind of a mess that's my only excuse.
1: <laughs> but we're still bringing you two episodes a week, so
0: don't know how. Yeah. Really. It's and you guys missed this. Meg was out of the country for 3 weeks. I was. We were so on top of it. We recorded in advance. This was
1: we're, you know, I will say one of our strengths, Lane is is our Scheduling or efficiency.
0: Yeah, really. <laughs> like we might not see each other often anymore, but man, do we knock them out! Yeah. All righty. So back to the book, because this is primarily a book review podcast. This
1: is so. Let's start with the jacket. Okay. Dear Lady True Love, I have fallen in love truly and completely in love for the first time. The man whom I hold in such passionate regard, however, is not of my station. He is a painter, a brilliant artist. Needless to say, my
0: family would not approve. Henry. Duke of Torkwell wouldn't be caught reading the wildly popular Dear Lady True Love column, but when it, its advice causes his mother to embark on a scandalous elopement, an outraged Henry decides the author of the tripe must be stopped before she can ruin any more lives. Though Lady True Love's identity is a closely guarded secret, Henry has reason to suspect the publisher of the notorious column, Beautiful and Provoking Irene Deverell, is also its
1: author. For Irene, it's easy to advise others to surrender to passion, but when she meets the Duke of Torquil, she soon learns that passion comes at a price. When one impulsive, spur-of-the-moment kiss pulls her into a scorching affair with Henry, it could destroy her beloved newspaper, her career, and her independence. But in the Duke's arms, surrender is so, so sweet. I mean, accurate? Yes.
0: And I think Captures the spirit.:
1: I think we get the spirit. I, I think it's good, too that it doesn't spoil too much of what you're going to get. I think you get just enough. Yeah, I do wish
0: I've noticed this about a lot of the book jackets. The focus is definitely on Irene.
1: Mhm.
0: like even Henry's paragraph talks about Irene. Yeah. And I do think you could have gotten a slightly better job about him and his angst, but there's a lot of spoilers tied up in that, yeah.
1: so... And I mean, so this is a three-paragraph book jacket, so... That's true. Yeah. I have,
0: I've got a lot of criticisms for three paragraphs, Meg.
1: But, um, as usual, we generate a random number and then write our own summaries. This episode, the
0: number was 34. So, my summary... A duke blackmails a secret lady into living with him for two weeks... He was burned by his first love and despises her occupation. She despises the aristocracy. The answer? A relatively tame affair.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that does also happen. All right, here's mine. Who wouldn't want to marry a duke? A suffragette, that's who. Finally, a book where marriage to a peer isn't presented as a perfect fantasy. P.S. Don't make fun of my middle-class clothes.
0: <laughs> I mean, <yep. laughs>
1: So I thought this was a really, really well-written book. Um, just all in all great writing, I think you felt the characters and their motivations really well,
0: yeah, my biggest criticism of this book, and we'll get there is all of the sexiness is really condensed, yeah,
1: Agree.
0: so I liked the characters a lot. I thought it was well written. I liked the struggle, yes, I li- like, I really liked the conflict was really well done, yeah, um, but I think ultimately it does lose a little bit. Especially because the first half, I'd say, isn't even the chemistry of wanting to. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really sexless by it, it the is. metric of the genre, especially.
1: Yeah. I. So here's the thing with with this book and uh, with all the books in the series, actually. I think that Laura Leaguer is really trying to present a more realistic take on the aristocratic fantasy fair which again yeah that's fair um like for example i think losing your reputation they talk about reputations a lot and i think it carries more weight in this book than in others like in a lot of other books the answer is let's get married clean slate we're good you know what i mean right like in a lot of other books that the the solution to the person's problem is well just get married to a peer, and that'll fix your reputation and here it's presented as more nuanced and and um I think more realistic than right. that.
0: And, and I definitely see that. And I understand that constant longing isn't really realistic. Yeah. That said for all that you can tell they're attracted to each other. There aren't even like smoldering looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the first <laughs> half outside of their first interaction. Yeah. And
1: I, I mean, I am not disagreeing with you here. I'm not yeah. saying that I don't wish there was more. Cause That's I, it. I do.
0: It's, I get what she was going for. And I can't even objectively criticize it. Subjectively, yeah, exactly. Wanted more sex. Yes,
1: exactly. Okay. Um, how about the tropes? Oh, so many. Yeah, we've got a lot. We've got the independent spinster slash feminist slash, slash suffragette. So I also, and honestly, journalist at this point yes. is becoming a trope in Jur-
0: what we cover. Yeah,
1: yeah. So she's not a scientist; she's a journalist. I will say so. Talking about Laura Lee um, I think she does a really I think she tries really hard and succeeds in not using um, anachronistic language. Yes. So, for example, she's not called a suffragette. She's Excuse me. She's not called a feminist. She's called a suffragette. Um, she. They talk about, like, um, a catch-22 at some point in the book, but it's not a catch-22. They call it something else. Um, the, even the dialogue
0: mm-hmm. is s- much more stuffy in yeah a good way in a good way like their lectures to each other and her dressing down of him toward the end mm-hmm. which is excellent ladies it's and real gentlemen good um it, it's very carefully worded yeah to not be anachronistic in a yeah. way I noticed in a good way yeah
1: it reminds me a little bit of Loretta Chase in that way yes yeah um okay this, so, like,
0: let's put it this way the time period is not set dressing
1: Mhm no it's a major, major player in the book and in the conflict and in what, what you get. Yep. So it's, it's enjoy. If, if you really like historical accuracy, I think this is a book for you. Agreed. Okay. What are some other tropes? Um, oh yes, yeah, So he's a very protective man. And of course you're going to get the possessive slash protective slash whatever. And all of these, almost every romance novel, you're going to get that. But I really liked that it was presented as, a trait of his that extended not just to the woman he fell in love with, but to his entire family. Yes. Um, So that was good.
0: I also, of course, because this is a slightly more realistic portrayal as Meg was saying for all that she is a newspaper writer and a suffragette. She is a cast off member of the aristocracy. Mm -hmm. So she's not quite unmarriageable to his set. There's a familial conflict. She is the granddaughter of a peer.
1: Yes. Um, we've have a big, crazy family kind of on both sides. Both of them have,
0: especially his, especially
1: his, but on her side too, there are just family issues. Well, her side has the tragic parents. Yes. Tragic parents. Yeah. And
0: I think this one is something I've seen in like three of the last six Mm -hmm. I've read the younger sister who deserves the coming out.
1: Right. Like I don't need a season, but I really think that she deserves it. So I'll do
0: this for her. We were poor, or I'm too independent, or I don't like the aristocracy, but my sister is the perfect lady, yeah. and I'm going to go through the motions, whether I'm going to give her the season, or even though I'm an old wallflower, I'm yeah. going to chaperone her season. Yeah. Or
1: or in this case, even though I want absolutely nothing to do with the aristocracy, and I in fact make all of my money off of a gossip sheet, that a scandal sheet that, that um, publishes... Fake news. Well, it's real news because she makes sure that it's all real news. But it is a scandal sheet. Um, And she wants to continue doing that. I will still do this for my sister. Yes. Okay.
0: So I think that's... A lot of the stereotypes are period-based. So it's going back to that, like, the conflict is very realistic for Mm -hmm. the time period, as is the setting. Right.
1: Um. Okay, let's talk a little bit about things we liked about the book. Okay, um, so I mentioned this already, but I really liked how his protectiveness was portrayed. So in many romance novels, you're going to get this as uh, unexamined, unproblematic. This is good. He wants to protect you. Like everyone wants a man who wants to protect you. And I mean, yeah. And on one hand, like we, I think most women do want someone who's looking out for their best interests and wants to hold them up. Right. Most people do. Right. Most like, people. But here, um, you see the bad side, too. So the entire reason that they meet is because he is upset that someone is convincing his mother to do something that he believes is in her, well, not in, in her best It's interest. in the book jacket. Yes.
0: His mother wants to elope with a painter. Mm-hmm. And so he's pissed. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's like, she's a... Dowager Duchess. Yeah. He was like, this will
1: ruin not only her reputation, but the reputation of our entire family. And he's got two sisters also who are uh, about About to to come come out. out. So he doesn't want to ruin their reputations right before their first season. Um, Yeah. So he is a conscientious provider. He's very morally upright. He's very protective. But on the other hand, he's also very conservative. He's very traditional in the worst sense of the word in that he doesn't question those traditions. And, um, he can be controlling as well.
0: And that, we'll get to it when we get to offensiveness, but that was the one irk that I had with this book.
1: hmm Yeah. So, we will, we'll talk about that in more detail, too. But I, that's something I really enjoyed. Yeah, and I do
0: agree with you that a lot of times, even when the protectiveness is, con- is negative, it's negative in the sense of, like, you don't control me. You don't get to know who I am. Mm-hmm. And then they make out and it's never really resolved other than she stood Mm -hmm. up for herself. Where this one, there's like real drawbacks for her and actual consequences. Yeah.
1: And actual consequences for both of them. Yes. uh, Which is, and it's something that I liked. So again, this is something I liked that she accepted that this is a part of him. She did not like it. He changed, but not, because she said i won't be with you unless you change he changed because he he learned through their relationship that he was like poisoning his his closest relationships by being so controlling
0: right and i think this also gets into she was refusing to marry him yeah and not giving him an ultimatum as you were saying but she really didn't think they were compatible because Mm -hmm. of his place in the aristocracy, because of the degree to which he felt like he knew what was best for everyone, and Mm -hmm. she valued her independence and her paper. And I think, you know, a lot of times we've talked before about how it'll be a plot point in a romance novel that someone turns down an offer of marriage from a rich peer, and you're like, girl, marry him. Yes. Like, you're broke, you're poor, you're without reputation you're without family like it makes no sense that you wouldn't just be like yup, for my own sake i don't care if he doesn't love you you marry him i so believed why she wouldn't marry him yes like she didn't have a whole lot to gain from him from her perspective
1: from her pers- especially not from her pers- perspective so like i said she's a suffragette she makes her own money she makes her own living she's an activist Right? Like, she wants to change the world. She's political and outspoken. Uh-huh. She wants to vote for women, obviously. She's a suffragette. But, I mean, she's just really, like, this is her
0: identity. And for all, we shouldn't say her paper's not just a gossip rag. Yes. It has a gossip column in it that is famous, and it has this like, advice column that's famous. But she also reports a lot on, like, tenement housing mm-hmm. and getting the vote. Yes. And poor laws and, like, zoning stuff. Yeah.
1: And this gets to something that I, I, I mean, I mentioned it in my summary that I really like is that this, this book finally acknowledges that, yeah, there's an aristocracy, there's a privileged class, but why are they privileged? Because they're holding down a whole lot more people who are in extreme poverty and they're not helping them out. You right. know,
0: they're benefiting from the system.
1: Exactly. And that is something that you just don't see in these books, which I, I understand why because these are fantasies i get it like i i and i still read them and i still like them but it is refreshing to get to a book where i'm like oh yeah this she went she went to college and she took a marxist interpretation uh marxist literature class and like she's going to write it and acknowledge that you know what there are people who are being held down by this class
0: Can I just say that this book not only is super progressive and its depiction of the aristocracy is not inherently positive, there's also literally no sexual violence. Yes. So, like, two gold stars. Like, critical thinking about societal problems without resorting to, and the poor women are raped. Yeah. I can't tell you how happy it made me. I was waiting for, like, the first sad, destitute woman to show up in the plot as a friend of hers and have to go through it. And it just never happens. It's beautiful. Yeah, Yeah.
1: it's, I mean, it's great. I really liked it. Uh, I really enjoyed as well how, so like I said, they do put the whole idea of the aristocracy in question. It puts into question also a lot of the other fantasy trappings that you read in these books, like all of the gowns that they get to wear, all of the carriages that they get in. Oh yeah, don't be wrong.
0: Every carriage and every fancy dress I am here for.
1: But it's also nice to read a book where there's a catty sister-in-law who totally talks about them behind their backs because they bought a ready-to-wear dress at the department store and didn't press it before they came down. And there are creases on their skirt.
0: Yep. I mean, that, I loved that scene. Same. So, I don't want to go out too spoilery because... And we do this all the time. This one's really good, and you should read it for yourself, and you yeah. should find out the ending for yourself. But, spoiler alert, they end up together.
1: Yeah, right. Even though
0: you believe they won't in, like, yeah. terms of it making sense. I, I
1: truly, this is one where I was truly like, how, how is she going to resolve it? I was, you know they're going to end up together, but I was like, ooh, how is she going to do it? Like, this was interesting in that way, too.
0: Right, and, and the answer really is compromise. Mm-hmm. And it's not a compromise I feel 100% sure I believe would have worked. Right. But it does make sense. And it is an equal compromise from both parties. Yeah.
1: I liked it. It, it felt like a true compromise. Right. Uh, not, not like a, oh, I'll give this up and you'll give this up and we'll be happy. You right.
0: Know. There was... She was convinced that there are things she can do as a Duke's wife that she can't do as a newspaper publisher. Right. And... He, as Meg said, recognizes that his exacting, controlling behavior wasn't winning him any friends.
1: Yeah. Uh, And then one other thing I liked is that he wasn't a hypocrite. So in a lot of the novels, like, we've got the Rakes, but then they want their wives to be totally virginal and untouched. Um, He is absolutely hidebound traditionalist conservative but he holds themselves to he holds himself to the same rules that he holds everyone else to right so I liked that a lot
0: yes he he definitely wasn't a a duke can get away with it but you can't exactly he was a this is the right thing to do and everyone should do it yeah
1: yeah it it, it isn't it's not hypocritical at all right and I mean I'm not saying (laughs) I don't know Uh, yeah I, I liked it what can I say I don't blame you. It reminded me of uh, Robert in um, Courtney Milan's book that we just read. Duchess. The, the Duchess. War. War, yes. The Duchess War. It reminded me of him a little bit where in that book, Robert was a virgin because he didn't want to take advantage or, or use this perceived power of mm-hmm. being a duke to get someone in bed with him. Very similar kind of situation happens with Henry. Yes. Um, and I believed it, like I one hundred percent believed it too. So, and he
0: even is so racked with guilt, yeah, over his perceived moral failings within himself, yeah, mainly, which as appeals to his lust for Irene, yeah, that like you totally believe that he doesn't have it in him to like stay off the straight and narrow for very long.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it was yeah, and he does have a secret past. Um, which is like the le- the most innocuous secret past I've ever read in a book, and I loved it I because mean, it was it was like the perfect secret past for him.
0: And it's this part's not spoilery; it's a dead wife, yeah. Trope-y. But the why and the how and all of that is like so not scandalous in a very scandalous way. Yeah, I loved it. Oh, I
1: I loved it. I mean, and it just was it just was very true to character, which goes back to what we were saying about Laura Lee just writing these characters that were believable. Yes.
0: So I know you already talked about David and Carlotta.
1: Is, yeah. Okay. Well, we can talk about, I mean, we can talk about his family a little bit. Sure. Because, so this goes back a little bit to putting the aristocracy in question. And the way that it's done in this book is by really focusing in on this family. These two families who, mm-hmm. who have to interact, but with his family. So there's the the bitchy sister-in-law I was telling you about. So Lady David, um, also Larley Gurk. Thumbs up on the courtesy titles, like she's good. No, no problems. At least, at least to me, you know. The the um the person who learned all of her stuff from Lord Peter (laughs) Windsor. So um Carlotta, Lady David is this like horror. I mean, she is like almost a caricature of a society lady.
0: To the point that her introduction to the reader is Her making some very cutting and nasty comments to Irene and Torquil's explanation to Irene being that she had wished to marry the Duke and settled for a Duke's brother. Yes. And Irene's just sort of like, and everyone knows that? Like, what are you talking about? You're like, yeah, because the aristocracy is messed up. Yeah, it's messed up.
1: And uh, Torquil's like, yep, everyone knows it.
0: You know? Would you have wanted her? No. But that also wasn't really the point. Right. Yeah,
1: like, and this is also the conversation where the title of the book is in the book. He's like, "Well, now you know the truth about love and dukes."
0: <laughs> I rolled my eyes heavily in a very affectionate way.
1: Yes, like you roll your eyes and you're like, "Yes, they said the name of the book in the book."
0: Well, and like his little sisters are presented as a little vapid but well-meaning. Mm-hmm.
1: Like exactly that
0: they were never taught they could be anything other than
1: yeah. And he has a, another sister who died in childbirth, actually, who had pre, pre-eclampsia. They call it eclampsia in the book, which is, again, I'm assuming historically accurate, a historically accurate choice. And she was just really upset because she wanted to be a doctor or a chemist. And her father, so Torquil's father, wouldn't let her. So Torquil at least has been exposed to a woman who wants something other than the aristocracy before he meets Irene. But his sister didn't challenge it. right. She met She found uh, another peer, a Duke uh, Marquess's son, and married him and had some kids and,
0: and seemed to have been happy with yeah. him. It's not a question of like settling for a bad marriage. That wasn't the sad part of the story. Mm-hmm. She just gave yeah. in.
1: But I guess what I liked was that in this book, the the villain is not a person, but the most you get to a villainous person is Lady David. Um, and she's just, she's just bitchy. She's just mean. She's a mean girl. She's a queen bee. Yes.
0: Um, She's a queen bee who settled for a Duke's brother.
1: Exactly. And then couldn't have kids.
0: So. Yeah.
1: Okay. Offensiveness. I mean, I personally can't think of anything that I would say is offensive. I can't think of a trigger warning. I cannot think of
0: anything offensive. So the only thing I have here, and I alluded to this earlier in the discussion, I thought a lot of the way he tries to teach her to argue her point with men in terms of her political beliefs, extending all the way through when he they eventually agree to be together, it all came off as very patronizing to me. Mm-hmm. And I get that that was in character. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, sh- Irene accepts that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, as long as you're standing by my side, that's enough. mm mm-hmm. I don't think he bought into her causes. Oh, I agree. And I ultimately don't necessarily think I believe that Irene would have found that to be enough. Okay, I see. Because
1: it didn't bother me that that's how... I, I
0: found it very in-character.
1: I was like, yes, that is how and Henry that's would a hundred,
0: be. I agree mm-hmm. with you that it was in-character. I don't agree that it was in-character for Irene to say, okay, if you'll like sit me down next to the Prime Minister so I can talk politics with him... Even if you don't believe women should vote, that's yeah. fine. Right. And I think I needed him as a character, even if it might have been inauthentic, to come a little bit further along to really like believe in the happiness of their future union. Right, right. Because yeah. he ultimately did not become progressive, and it would have been out of character for him to do so. Yeah. No,
1: he definitely he just did became, not.
0: He became tolerant, not enlightened, would be the way i it. He definitely
1: is not enlightened. He definitely is more tolerant. I I do think, at least in the one scene that I think you're talking about where they're having a like an Oxford-style debate yeah. about the vote for women, I do think she was convincing him at the end. But then, of course, they just make out. Yes. And, like,
0: I wasn't upset about that. Right.
1: Which leads us to our next um, section, the sexiness section.
0: All right. I'm going to preface this section with... We both read these on Kindle most of the time, Uh unless otherwise stated. And so I will speak in percentages. (laughs) Right, yes. And they will be literal. Literally, yes, yes, this is true. The first 59% of the book (laughs) has no sex. He has some lusty thoughts when he first sees her. She thinks of him as a handsome man. And some of that is because they don't like each other. Yeah. And they are he's a conservative, she's a liberal, you know, he's staged, she's unabashed, like right. fine, whatever. Opposites attract and all of that. But like there is not they're stuck together and no. like he touches her a little too long, or like a sexy dance, no. or yeah, someone leaves them alone in the library. Like, there's nothing. Yeah, no, that's true. At all, four fifty mean, th- nine. There's
1: there's a little bit, but it's just not like sexy. It's like cute, attractive. So like he like laughs, and she's like, oh my god, he laughed for the first time. He's like so handsome. Why why doesn't He's so he? So good
0: with his nephews.
1: Yeah, like why doesn't he? Um, why you know why why is he always so serious all the time? She bonds with his mom. She does bond with his mom. I which I number one I liked. Number two, if there were more sexiness instead of the bonding with mom, I wouldn't have complained.
0: Yes. So it's not – I don't want to remove anything. Maybe I just wish (laughs) the book were longer. A little longer. And there'd been a little more buildup. And, like, because you know what I mean. I don't need them to have actually kissed more. This book doesn't smolder in the first 59%. That's true. And then – and we'll talk through the sexiness that does exist because what's there – is good. What's well, there is definitely sexy. There is the last sexual encounter, mm-hmm. which is also the first real sexual encounter, is at like 76%. <laughs> so it's like all crammed into like 20% of the book. Yeah. And then like it has to resolve the plot non-sexily. And it's a good resolution. You shouldn't be mad about it. You just We're not mad. We're just disappointed. But she, <laughs> but she does, very she does parental well, here. so why wasn't there more of yeah. it? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, let's let's briefly talk about it. So in the their first makeup, um, I actually absolutely loved the dialogue. Yes. Like I loved it so much. I actually wrote this down. I'm going to I'm only going to read like the very end of it. Um, because it, it's, it is pretty long. And I think this is sort of an homage to like the books that were published of the era. Yeah. This is very pride and prejudice. So pride and prejudice. Okay. So he says the truth, Miss Deveril, is that though I am a gentleman, I am also a man possessed of deep carnal appetites. I have had from the moment we met an ardent desire for you, one which I'm finding nearly impossible to contain.
0: And uh- she is like, floor because the first sign she's ever gotten from him that he's into her is the makeout that was like a second before
1: yeah I, just, I had no idea and like we also kind of hate each other so like what's up yeah but um what i like loved about this is that if you read pride and prejudice and you read darcy's proposal scene to her like this is basically the dialogue from the proposal scene but it is about sex it's also less insulting to her it is less insulting to her and more insulting to him. Yes, but he doesn't insult her family. <laughs> he does not He does not insult her family. But he's basically like, from the moment we met, I've had this ardent desire. And
0: my only counterpoint to that was, she has been living in your house for the first 60% of the book. You've clearly kept it under control enough, dude.
1: Yeah, but it's because they've always been, like, with other people. And this is, like, late at night. What, what... I'm sorry, this is a trope, such a trope. We didn't mention it. I love it. What happens? She can't sleep, so she has to go down to the library and get a book. And who's in there writing his letter at three in the morning? First of
0: all, sexiest place in house is the library. This is undisputed. Undisputed. Second of all men's libraries in this era with, like, the brandies and the wood and the... Oh, my God. It gets even hotter. Even hotter. And he's at his desk, And they're in their nightgowns. Yeah. Which, you know...
1: Well, she's in her nightgown and he's in his, you know, smoking jacket. Well, because she doesn't seem without a jacket for a while.
0: a long time. (laughs) Guys. Guys, it was good. It
1: was really good. Um, Okay. There... We did have a carriage hookup scene.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Which was uh, pretty good. I liked it. Yeah. It was, um... It was in a carriage. Yeah. So check. Yeah. Um,
1: it was. It also a hired carriage, which is like double check. I don't know why, but I like that more than you know their carriage. And it was
0: also um, after a moment of disagreement. Yeah. In a way that worked. It, it worked. wasn't. Yes. Yes. Shutting her up by kissing her. Yes. It was like it was, they had a whole argument, resolved the argument, and then made out. Because they were trapped in a carriage. What right. Else can what do? else can you do? He also really attempts to show her the degree to which he cannot keep his hands yeah. off of her. Yeah. I also, I don't know how to describe this accurately. So she's clearly virginal mm-hmm. and innocent and inexperienced. And her mother died when she was young. And she's a suffragette who really hasn't had much interest or time for men. And she's really not knowledgeable about sex. But... In a way that doesn't infantilize her. Yes. She's like...
1: He's like, you know, we we, we, you would never know. Basically, she's trying to convince him to have an affair. And he's trying not to have an affair because he's so conservative and wants to hold himself to this high moral standard. And he's like, you know, chance of babies. And she's like, aren't these things called prophylactics? I've heard of them. (laughs)
0: Like, loved it. I I loved it. And I loved... That even when they were acknowledging her innocence or she was surprised by something, it is never what turns him on. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. And she never acts like it's, oh, little old naive me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Even her self-perception of it is like, shit. (laughs) Like, it's not, it's not... She she doesn't seem like an eighteen-year-old who's yeah. being touched for the first time. She exactly. seems like a twenty-six-year-old who knows something about the world yeah. and is having an experience she's never had before. But even what's surprising her isn't like a oh golly gee yeah.
1: And and also someone who's made a fully informed choice about what she's doing. Consent
0: is not an issue here. Correct. Not only do they mutually agree upon the path that takes them to sexy times, but he checks regularly for active consent during the sexy times. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a bath fetish. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which, like, I mean, look, if I lived in olden times. Oh, ye olden times. In ye olden times. The guy with a bath fetish would have been the sexiest one. Because here right? you know they bathe like never.
1: You get to uh, bath all the time. You, they did bathe a lot in this time, this era.
0: So this is Victorian era. The streets of London were disgusting. This is true. You could not have bathed enough. <laughs> <laughs> Lane maybe has an issue with cleanliness. i will just, just saying. My therapist and I may have talked about some <laughs> things. We'll get to these in some subsequent books. But I'm just saying, the bath fetish works for me. Yeah. Because they're both very clean. And you know, after reading several books where their odors were discussed during the yeah. sexy times... The baths being so involved in with a welcome refresher. Yeah. Was, like, you know what they smell like? Soap, you guys. Yeah.
1: And also, you know, this is, this is actually a part. He, has, he is finding the hotel where they're going to have an affair. And it takes him a while to find one because he wants to find one with the adjoining bath. And then he finds several.
0: That yeah. Week. Don't worry about it.
1: He's a duke. Their, their affair
0: is short,
1: but torrid. And extremely believable. Yes. And the way it ends. Is so believable.
0: And like, it's funny because he tries to explain to her all the stuff that she doesn't understand about what she's agreeing to because she's so unaware of the physical act. Mm -hmm. And she thinks that's what he's talking about exclusively. Mm -hmm. And it's actually when she realizes, oh no, an affair means I don't have dinner with you. Yeah. And like, that argument was perfect.
1: It was, it's really good. Um, So as you can guess, we're highly recommending this book. Yeah, highly recommended. And especially if you're someone who's, like, not into a ton of sex scenes in your books, like, I, I would recommend Yeah, it. what's there is explicit.
0: Yes. But as we mentioned... Not, not a lot of them. It's, it's condensed to about 20% of the book. Yeah. Percentage-wise. I mean, or less, honestly. Honestly. Because there's some not sexy times in that 20%.
1: Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But anyway, I would say go ahead and read it. This is a nice place to start with Laura
0: Lee It's also the first in the series. Exactly. Um, sorry about your name, Laura Lee Gurk. I feel bad. I, I butchered that.
1: And I mean, I have been saying Laura Lee Girk like I know this is how it's pronounced. I'm not sure that's how you pronounce if anyone it. anyone knows
0: her, let us know on the DL and I'll edit it. We love you. <laughs> we really do. Um, I have a hunch we'll be reading the subsequent ones in this series.
1: Like I said, I already read them. What did I forget about this?
0: I really liked it. I don't know. But it's, I mean, it's it's really fun. I read it like a year ago and I downloaded it over the weekend just to like re-skim so we could talk about it. Yeah. And I was like, wait, I really liked this. Yes. So anyway, recommend, please read. Yes. And also, if you're enjoying our podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. We look forward to talking to you again at the next episode. Thanks for listening.
1: Bye.